Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio and enjoy this podcast. Wow. wow. That zero that lasted song. a long time. It did last a long time, did, didn't did it? Did you notice it that zero that lasted a long time? Like, I think that that's a faulty zero there, you know? I think it could be a faulty zero. It did Fire actually track. last for a long time. Fire yeah, that was like a, yeah, that was like a four-second zero, you know? That was a good long, a good long that's a four good band zero. name. Dimitri, that's, that's your band name. Four-second zero. Four-second yeah. zero. That's, <laughs> <their band name. laughs> that's what we need. To, we need Dimitri to oh, name all of our bands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Welcome to Canadian AF uh, right here. Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio Canada. My name's Craig G. We are back for another one of these stole my man Derek's first line of his show that you can catch Friday nights right here on Revolution Radio Canada and it's called All Uncovered uh, we'll do all the formalities later of course our man Dimitri Alexiou is just a just a, a wealth of everything Dimitripedia Tonight, we have uh, Tika and Tamar, our uh, new friends here at Hopeful Phoenix. Welcome to the virtual Revolution Radio Studios. Thank you so much for being here, you two. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's exciting. Awesome. It's our very awesome. first podcast. Yeah. Is it really? It is. It's a band, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. We promise we'll be gentle. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dimitri. <laughs> Please save me. Canadian as fuck would like to begin by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of all the lands that we are on today. While we meet tonight on a virtual platform, we would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands we call home. And we do this to reaffirm our commitment and responsibility in improving relationships between nations, to improving our own understanding of local indigenous peoples and cultures, and to try to move forward in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Greatly appreciate it, my friend. As always, you're awesome. And we appreciate it when you do that. So uh, we have got um, just a couple of wonderful people here tonight joining us. And as I say, this is uh, their first podcast, which we're super stoked about. We're super stoked to have you uh, again. So thank you so much for being here. And um, we've got a lot to talk about. So we're going to get right to it if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So. Uh, if, if if you don't mind, let's start with you, Tika. If you could just sort of introduce yourself and kind of how you ended up getting into uh, it, it, getting into music. Hmm, that's a great question. I've been an entertainer all my life, so I started actually professional clowning in high school. And um, wow, yeah, yeah, and it was it was a hard thing to shake. Actually, my clown became a very inherent part of me. And when I would try to do other things, teachers or people would say they saw my clown. So I kind of tried to fight it. Um, but I embraced it. And I worked in children's Those... television through the 90s. I was lucky enough to be on a couple of shows. Can um, I ask a question about cl your clown? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, so it's just like improv type of clown. No, this was like deeply intense European clowning. So we started off, my first character was named Gimple the Clown, and he was mute, and he wore a big red nose. So we all wore black with red noses. It was like very classical training. Um, so I didn't talk, but I interacted with people. 
and it kind of grew from there and I began speaking and eventually I was doing private parties and corporate gigs and so I was singing with ch uh, like family audiences. So up until about 10 years ago, I'd sung for thousands of people predominantly under the age of 10. Um, so singing for adults was a new thing for me and it was very exciting and it's something I've really embraced. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And how old were you when you started into clown? I was 16. Okay. I became a vegetarian clown. I, it was a big year for me, 16. <laughs> <laughs> I was never quite this. And I actually converted my whole family. They all became vegetarian and they all became clowns. Nah. So there's nothing like being a teenage girl unable to get into the bathroom to do your makeup because your dad's in there doing his face. And I love that. So. <laughs> that is wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So how did you uh, how did you fall into uh, fall into music? You know, songwriting was always something therapeutic for me. Um, mm -hmm. I've never had a lot of luck with therapists, so I use songwriting as just an avenue to get my thoughts out and. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of singing with kids and I always thought it would be neat to kind of put some of my darker stuff to music. And um, sh uh, it was actually, unfortunately, it was Chris Cornell's death that actually got mm. me talking with a guitarist and saying, you know, I'd happily do any Soundgarden covers because like Chris Cornell is my man. And um, that kind of spawned it. So we started taking a look at some of the poetry I'd written and working on songs for adults. So uh, my first adult gig was actually at Cherry Cola's. It was a punk night, so we sped everything up kind of double time. And uh, it was a blast, but it was it was intimidating. The people that went on after us, the guy was wearing like a huge gas mask on his face and he had a mic attached to it. It was, I was very far from Sharon Lawson Bram and the other things that I'd been accustomed to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's awesome, I haven't looked back. And, and hooking up with Tamar has been amazing because we both had tons of songs in our repertoire mm -hmm. and now we've worked together. We've improved upon everything and it's uh, it's, it's really cool. We're nice. very happy. Tamar, how about your musical journey? When and uh, how, how did it start? I started, you know, singing very young. Uh, my father played guitar probably about three chords. And that, that was enough to inspire me to want to play. So I started mm -hmm. learning really seriously when I was about 14. And then I started writing songs when I was about 14 and a half, I guess. I wrote my mm -hmm. first song and I've been writing ever since. Um, I've been playing all across Toronto. I was in Kensington Market doing open stage, like hosting my own open stage shows. I was in Thornhill doing my own open stage shows. Where? Um, it was a place called the Urban Cafe. Oh. Okay. Uh, all right. I can't picture it. Yeah, it was on Bayview, you know, right across Bayview and uh, Highway 7. Okay. Just after it turns right. off. Yeah. It's gone right. now. It's a whole different building. Like, things change so quickly. They do up there, but, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, I remember uh, there was a place, an audiophile place called Audio Excellence that was at Bayview and Highway Seven, and it was awesome. Really it was like nice. a, it was this beautiful house. Oh, you know what? I can pick. I can. I kind of guess where this was. This gorgeous house, was, yeah. And it's like it was this amazing place where you would walk in and like a pair of speakers was like eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, nice. and they were so nice, and they would say, "Oh, yeah, I, you, you know, you're a kid. You're never going to be able to afford this stuff, but you want to hear what they sound like." And I'm like, right. 
Yes, yes, I do, actually. And I remember sitting down at Audio Excellence and listening to a Jill Barber record. It was Summertime, and they played, uh, they played Summertime, and you could actually hear like when she took a breath through her nose. Like really? the next line. It was just yeah. it was literally like she was standing in the room with you singing. It was wow. unbelievable. Anyway, Audio Excellence shout out. They're wicked. I think Thanks. they're still around. I right. think they're now yeah. at like I think they're now at Young and um, Young and Stovall Side Road, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yep. Sorry about that tomorrow. Anyway, I was at Storval Side Road yesterday. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, and then um yeah, and ever since then I I had got my own little kind of like four track recorder. And was mm-hmm. actually on a cassette player. You remember cassettes? Oh my God, right? you're so old. <laughs> right? I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hide the beer in my in my. I could I'm trying run to hide the gray in my run, beard. I could run and get a cassette to show people right yeah. now if you Me want to too. talk about cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> probably funny. even some of the cassettes that I'm talking about right this very minute. <laughs> but so you know, so but and so I went to uh, Harris Institute. Where I oh, took you did? Yeah. So I took recording arts management, and I also took some uh, apprenticeship in live sound production and a little bit of um, production, you know, in-studio production. So we've been working. I So I've developed my own little home studio where we're doing our recordings here together. And it's just kind of evolved, you know, from learning a couple of chords and learning my little cassette to here at Hopeful Phoenix Studio and working with Tika. How did the, how did how did the two of you everything. meet? How did the two of you meet and and essentially become musical and partners? Just through different social circles, through different music things, we're involved in other projects. And I kind of mentioned that I had a bunch of songs that hadn't really been fleshed out yet. And Tamar was in a similar circumstance. And we just kind of came together and started started sharing. And for me, it was amazing because I started writing new stuff. Um, up until now, again, my writing was very therapeutic. I've been in a deep state of depression for about 15 years. So my stuff was pretty, it's pretty monotonous looking over it now. Um, mm. So this has been nice, stepping outside of my comfort zone, trying to write things with a hint of optimism with a hint of hope, you know, when you're swallowed by despair, it's so hard to see through it. Hmm. So trying to do that has been, it's been, I, I'd be lying yeah. if I said, that. Yeah. but you know, there are definite they, benefits, but just they, the, yeah. the writing is so much better. It's, um, it's challenged me so much more. So that's nice. The easiest thing in the world to write about is love, but even easier to write about is love lost or despair. Yeah. Oh. Those are two of the easiest things yeah. in the world to write about, right? Because you get, I think it probably for a songwriter, I know Derek's a songwriter as well too. Yeah. It probably gets you into a place where you're just, you know, it's, it's words probably fall out of you. I would think when you're, when you're, uh, when you're in a depressed state. Oh yeah. 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 I have to turn the songwriting off. Basically, mm-hmm. if I carried a journal around with me, I would just continually, not that the songs would be good, but they would There's just continually wrong. be flowing out of me. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to the good ones. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a direction to work towards. Nice. Yeah. Can I ask is a question? Of, yeah. Sorry, Dimitri, you go ahead. Well, is one, of you, is one of you more, is one of you more wordy and one of you more noty? I like the the kind of little dwarfs kind of sounding wordy. <laughs> yes, I'm kind of dorky and quirky, but you know, yeah. um, that's a good question. 
Um, I think, you know, I would say that I'm more of a storyteller in the, the way I my lyrics play out. Not that there's not stories being told, but I think that um, Tika's style is more rhythmic. You know, if, if we could say she's a little more jazzier and I'm a little more folk rockier kind of thing. And we, we kind of blend the genres together and come up with something a little a little unique. And uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to get with Hope Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Derek, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Tika, my question is, is explain the Sharon Lois and Bram thing. <laughs> you don't recognize me? Seriously, no. Um, Skimming so the because <laughs> so, Sharon Lewis and Bram are like my freaking heroes. Oh, me too. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so like in the 80s, when some some of us were growing up, the elephant was asexual and mute. And it was just named Elephant. Mm -hmm. um, in the 90s, they brought up two new characters. So they shot a new series called Skin and Room TV. And yes. they brought in a seven-year-old precocious pachyderm named Ella Acapella. That was me. So I am the voice, I am the body, I was in the 60-pound fucking mascot costume, not a ma it was a fully operational puppet, so like I was blinking eyes, I put my tr uh, hand in the trunk, I could pick things up with it, I was essentially blind, there was a monitor inside, but the monitor was on the massive head, holy shit, so man. it was <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So going in for the first read with Sharon Lowe's, they weren't there with the auditions, but once I was cast, we went in for the first read and it it blew my mind because I listened to Smorgasbord oh, every like, day before school. That was, two that was like, yeah. Yeah, in grade in grade school, Smorgasbord was huge. It was amazing. It's still yeah. with me. It's they were yeah. actually a big influence of mine <laughs> with songwriting. So yeah, so working with them was incredible. So we shot two years of the show out of CBC, and then we did like a North American tour for maybe like the next five years. Yeah. So it was amazing. It was how old? How old were you when this was going on? I was four. I was very young. No, um, I was in my I was in my early twenties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So on tour with Sharon Lois and Bram, that's pretty kick ass. They're it was, pretty rowdy. They're rowdy. It, it, <laughs> um, Tika doesn't want to sell. <laughs> I mean, we're a lot of she doesn't want to. She's I mean, like, um, well, uh, <laughs> literally, you literally, my friend, you're literally doing this. You're like, um, yeah. So they. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly. Never forgets, right? So that's everything right. With me, but. Yeah, no, they were amazing to work with, and the band was great. So we had a lot of fun. We actually went out to Nova Scotia and um, Newfoundland on my 25th birthday. Awesome. So that was amazing. We rented a car. We drove up to Cape Spear. So I, I had amazing experiences with them. Um, and it really gave me awareness as a vocalist for the first time. Because up until then, I was a clown. I was a kid's mm -hmm. entertainer. I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my voice. But being in studio with Sharon's husband, Joe, was an amazing songwriter. And um, just having him and his encouragement and his recognition, it really, it really gave me confidence. And having that experience, being in a booth, being in a professional studio, it was, um, it was very transformative for me, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. I have yeah. a I have a flyer from Skinnamarink TV that I had signed. Um, really? Yeah, I have I have it signed by by all all three, um, <laughs> and I would I would do fucking backflips if 
I could get your little nom de plume on that one. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I would. Anytime. I would. Be, I would. I would but, be super but, stoked for that. But I but we that. need. But we need you to promise to do backflips. <laughs> I, I will. I will literally do black backflips. Okay. Yeah. I've I've got a direct line to CC Copycat also. He's still a dear friend of mine as well. So really? I can hook you up with some CC too. Yeah. I've got like a dozen well. plushies in my basement. We used I, to sell swag at the end of the concerts. So I very vainly have a, probably at least five oh my Ella, God. Ella dolls. They're plushies. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That yeah, was fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Holy cripes. <laughs> I like your interview, Craig. So we we last week we were talking to our good friend Johnny Dovercourt, yeah, about ven about venues and the and the state of live music in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And um, are there are there some venue like you have a you have a you have a gig coming up right at a at a particular venue right Free Times Cafe yeah we do it is the Free Times Cafe yeah. Which I'm so glad awesome. the Free Times is still around too because that's actually been around, still for, a long, around yeah, for a still long time. Yeah, still around. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. And they're like, and they're a good dude. They're a good DIY venue. You know, do it absolutely. Yourself, you know. Yep. So yeah. So so that's but that's in downtown Toronto, and <laughs> we're and earlier, even before we went on air, we've been talking a lot about the 905. And what do you think? about the state of music in the 905 and like venues, like where people can come perform and draw an audience. Hmm. You know, I've gone to a lot of jams, like Steffi Goodfield and Matt Bergman run jams throughout the 905 area. And they're great at just encouraging people and getting people involved and getting people out there. So I performed with like previous bands at a couple of bars in, in York region. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's as burgeoning as anywhere right we're all trying to get back from the pandemic it's still it's still really mm -hmm. messed up yeah. out there um but yeah we're we're hoping to get our music into as many venues as we can that's that's the exciting thing now about being on streaming services and having audiences like yours like there are people yeah. around the world who can now hear our music which is really really mind-blowing if you really think about it so. Nice. so so another another canadian band did this and they did it a few years ago um uh so walk off the earth mm -hmm. and they and like gianni just said flat out and he's like why in the hell am i dragging all my gear to a venue that maybe 10 people are going to show up at and maybe i'll get paid maybe i don't well i think you I'm know the so go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I I was gonna say like even just before you were saying that like it's like they they don't want to support the original bands. You know, it's like if you're playing cover music, yeah. right? Then you're okay, right? They, they you know they they want to sell their beers. They want to do. I understand they have, they have to you know they have to sell what they have to sell. So we're we're looking at looking for owners of, of places that actually want to support original um, music that's coming out of Ontario or Canada locally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're well, really they, looking for. It was a, it was a thing that like that, that happened in like the sixties, the sixties and seventies as well as they like, we don't want original music. We want, we want what, what, what we hear on the radio. We want to hear repetition of the same stuff 
right? Yeah. Because that's what's going to draw the people in because they don't want to hear some, they don't want to walk by a venue and hear something that they, well, they don't know. Right. Well, in the sixties, in the sixties, the Yorkville scene was legendary for supporting original, original acts. Mm-hmm. Right. Not so, the, but that's sixties. And that only, but it was very, it was very cyclical, cyclical in, 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 in Yorkville. That like, that was like, it was just, it was feeding off of itself. There wasn't a lot of like, mm-hmm. like, um, a lot of, a lot of majorly like out, outside in, in, independent, um, people. It was made mainly the people that were like living and staying in that area that were like formulating this whole thing going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Queen street West, I think is still for me holds so much, um, um, nostalgia because mm-hmm. uh, you know you you could basically start at like you know um the black bull and then go to the bamboo and then keep going across and then you'd hit the 360 then you'd hit the rivoli then you'd hit the horseshoe then you'd hit the cameron house then yeah. you'd hit the velvet yeah. underground then yeah. you'd hit the bovine and it was just like it was one after another after another after another after another and i think those are the types of venues that we really i think Tekin tomorrow we need to start getting back to because I think just like tomorrow was saying it's it's we need those venues to support local music I mean something like history is wonderful history is a great venue it's a beautiful venue love it live nation Drake thank you very much we greatly appreciate it. the sound is fantastic and there's not a bad like line of sight in that in that venue mm. but for people that aren't selling that amount of tickets we need to kind of take what we have in history and divide it by like five you know yeah by four that kind of thing and i think like great sound systems you know uh, professional sound technicians good bars comfort um some of my favorite places back in the day there was a we were talking about this with johnny dovercourt one of my favorite um bars back in the day was a place that was at peter street and richmond it was called fez batique yeah. Oh, love it. Do you remember Fez Batik? Yes, it I spent New Year's there and like my one my wife literally was just sitting over there. My wife Jen, she's like, <laughs> love Fez Batik. It was it awesome, was, yeah. It was such a cool, sweet, yeah. intimate venue. I saw Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction and no. Orno for Pyro's DJ a rock and roll like sort of alternative set at Fez and it was amazing. I was not there that night. No, <laughs> it was. Yeah, Fez, Fez was so much fun. It was it just was. such a cool, cool, cool bar. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, I wanted to ask the two of you. Want to get back to your? Uh, want to get back to your music? So, yeah. how do the two of you go about putting together a song? Like, what is essentially the the process? Do like the two of you kind of you know sort of come with your own separate ideas and then do the whole Simon and Garfunkel thing and kind of put stuff together or is it like you you just kind of work on an idea like how essentially does a a hopeful phoenix track get get uh, get created that's a good question I'd say there are essentially three kinds of hopeful phoenix tracks there are songs that I had written maybe a while ago that I bring forward that is pretty much just vocals and we flush it out with Tamara's instrumentals. There are songs that Tamara's been doing for years that we bring out and I add harmonies to, and maybe we change up the bridge. And then there are other songs that we just come together. I might write a verse, I bring it to Tamara, she writes another verse, we come together for the bridge. It's been a, it's been a really, a really uniquely cool collaborative effort because we're bringing the best of what we've done and then we're making it better, which is so fucking cool. 
that's really neat. You know, it's it's a really it's a very unique situation. I've been in a couple of bands. I've been doing originals. I've been doing covers. This is really, I'd say, the first collaborative effort that I've been in, and it's uh, it's really cool. I think that it's challenging us both to be better, which is amazing. Yeah. Nice. So you um, so basically. Hold on. Oh. Sorry. Is Craig even talking? I was muted. He I'm was. so sorry. Was. <laughs> anyway. It's okay, Dimitri, you go ahead, buddy. I my question's yeah. a, a good one, but it's a it's an easy I just saw him going through. Yeah, thank you, Eric. I, I was I was I was doing the Okay. Yeah. So All right. So basically, so you write and you and you also do the art direction in your videos and you do and you do and you and you self produce and it's all very in house with hopeful phoenix it's an entire hopeful phoenix production from top to bottom so how how important it is you it, it is it for you to maintain 100% control of the process or or are you willing to let other people into into the process to see where where it can evolve to Please help. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a great question to me. <laughs> We're I doing our best. Both Derek, yeah, both Derek and I have both Derek and I have studios. My drums are actually right behind me, and Derek's oh. got like 85 guitars at his oh, house. Oh, so. my God. For yeah. a song, we just can't work it out. Ugh, it's yeah. like this ready for the EP, but we're just, it. it's not where it needs this to be. This is survival mm -hmm. mode. You know, yeah. we're trying to get grants. You know, we're trying to work with other musicians. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's... Honestly, send us the stems. We'll we'll help you out. We'll help we'd you. love to. Yeah. Oh, love to. It's on the camera now. We're holding it We've done, done no problem. Craig, no problem. Craig is a very Craig is a very good drummer. Yeah, he is a very good drummer. I'm also a professional okay, so photographer and videographer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so welcome, Derek, actually, well, welcome to Hopeful Phoenix, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and Derek, yeah, no, so yeah, I'd love, I'd, I'd, I, I want to play in a band with Derek again, actually, like, mm -hmm. big time. And, like, and I so. knew, and I noodle on the uh, on the accordion. Yeah. If we need accordion, Dimitri. Right. Hey. Absolutely. So I want to. I I always love doing this. Derek and I and and Dimitri always find it fascinating with singer songwriters, musicians, all of that good stuff. I I want to start with uh, this time. I'll start with Tamar. I'd love to know what are some of your earliest musical influences. What are the who you know essentially made you tick now. My 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 major influences come from the uh, classic rock era. So, mm. never heard Floyd, of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Rolling Stones, The Who, um, even some of the folky guys like Bob Dylan. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, bad with remembering names, but yeah, classic. Yeah, no, that's rock, all. Even good. you know Black Sabbath. Even I've. I've and all of these bands, like ACDC, all of these bands I mentioned, I've seen live as well. I've seen so many live concerts. Yeah, um, yeah, we've did all you seen see a lot Black of Sabbath with Ozzy. I know. I saw him with uh, with Dio and um, nice the Deep Purple guy. I can't. He Ian, was, Gillen. Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen. Yes. Yeah. Does anybody? So you saw and I saw Dio uh, solo as well too. Nice. Does anybody remember the time there was a small span of time? Where uh, the fucking the metal god filled in because Dio left, 
Um, and Is fucking Rob Halford filled Rob in. Rob Halford? Rob Halford filled no. in with Black Sabbath 100%. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'll bet it sounded great. I bet it sounded amazing. Yeah. Wow. Totally. I so Tika, that. I know I I know that one of your influences, obviously, you talked about Chris Cornell. Yeah. I love Chris Cornell. And I'll t- uh, one of these days I'll tell you all about the time I met him. It was oh. insane. Yeah. As I melted to the couch. Oh, a, oh I'm I melted too. He's oh, so good looking. So anyway. dreamy. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, honestly. Awesome. <laughs> On uh, t- every t- level. T- yeah. Tika, your uh, your influences. Yeah, I put some thought into this listening to your other episodes, and I'm I'm keeping it Canadian as fuck. So, um, early like nice. and lyrically, I've got to give it to um, Neil Young, and then more nice. like songwriting wise, really Feist is oh. goddess. Uh, yeah. Sam Roberts is I fucking love Sam Roberts. Incredible. Love him. Love yeah. him. Chaos. Yeah. I've hung out with a couple yeah. of times. Amazing, like okay. they're and they're all so diverse, and they all they all have such integrity, and their voices are so clear in everything they write, and I love that. Um, yeah, great stuff. Is so Furtado kind of floating up there? Like their aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, it's um, you know, the world is the oyster, but I'd say those ones are the most deeply influential. It's so funny that you just mentioned chaos because I was literally. Two days ago, trying to find his manager. Really? I have no idea who's his manager, and and I I really I I really want I to get him on him. the program. I, it could be. It could possibly be. The last I saw, he was with uh, Dine Alone Records for a while. Oh, he was, went to Dine Alone. Yeah, he was on Dine Alone for a while. Yeah, I think. Um, and I, so, and anyway, I I don't think he's there unfortunately anymore. Um, but yeah, we really want to get chaos on the program. Anyway. You said Tiggy said something. And I think that that it, it needs to be acknowledged. There is something to be said for Canadian singers and fucking articulation. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can yeah. very clear, very oh. concise, very like attenuated vocals. And I love that. Well, yeah. I'll always, I'll always, um, back in the 80s, Parachute Club. The way that Lorraine Sagato oh, Cigar- uh, would yes. say power. Oh, yes. Power. Yes. We, power. power. And we are power. trying to rise up. That's what Opal Phoenix <laughs> is. We That's are all fucking power. Canadian. <laughs> fucking awesome. Nobody said power like that. Power. <laughs> Only a Canadian could do that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get Sagato on the show. That's for sure. We have oh, to get Lorraine. God. Definitely. Yeah. Craig wants everybody on the show. I, of course, oh. I want everybody. Who wants everybody on the show, right? They're Canadian right. as fuck. Canadian smorgasbord of Canadian music. That's it. Right. You like that? Brought that back. We brought it right well, listen. We have questions um, of our own. So yeah, exactly. So listen, my friends. It's it's been great having you tonight. I wanted. I really do want to talk about your um your gig at the free time. So if we can like let's start talking about that what are yeah, people going yeah. to expect and um what's the date times all of that all of that good stuff so friday december the 8th we're at the free times cafe it's our official ep launch so it's <coughs> going to have newly mastered improved versions even better than what you're hearing now on spotify and youtube and other listening devices and it's going to be a night of fun there's going to be 
there's going to be latkes on the menu. There's going to be lots of stuff going on. Uh, we've got an amazing violinist. We've got Brian Morgan joining us. We've got Denny Uboko on percussion. Um, it's going to be it's going to be full of fun and surprises. So we're also going to be releasing one another song, hopefully yes. two. It depends if the mastering comes up. But the will be another song will be released the mastering tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Like it's all right. tomorrow. So. And then we're going to be releasing our first ever video together, which we, which we shot up north in, in Bob Cajun on location mm -hmm. at Chasing Northern Nights. Yeah. So and then we're making a commitment from that day forward to approximately once a month to start dropping content. So new videos, new music, perhaps some spoken word stuff, but like this is our launch and we're, we're putting it out there. So yeah, check out our website, join our mailing list. We're going to send things out regularly. We're thinking the 18th of every month and uh, we're just working hard now, generating content, yeah. editing videos, shooting in the freezing cold, we're building a laneway nice. house in my backyard and we were out there. There was very picturesque before they sprayed the foundation. There was yeah. brick. So we were out there shooting at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Wow. But we're doing that. We're doing that for the art. So we, nice. we just have so need, much. If you, need help really with, if you need help with photo and video, just get a hold of me. That's what I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're all our witnesses, <laughs> Canadian listeners. We've got a drummer. We've got help with technical stuff. Right. What are you going to do Sounds for us, great. Derek? <laughs> yeah. So, and do we get and do we get tickets to the free times gig through the website? Yeah. In fact, we've got two tickets that you may do with as you like. I don't know if you want to award them to specific winners. I don't know if there's any trivia you have in mind or how you do things, but uh, we've got two tickets up for grabs to join. And they are going quickly. We've got about 10 spots left. So mm. excellent. Seriously. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. That's really uh, great. Yeah. It's very yeah. exciting. Uh, That's great. Good for the two of you. Well, listen, yeah. we really sincerely appreciate the two of you being here tonight. Um, this is this has been awesome so we'd love to have the two of you back um and we're really seriously still going to try to get to the gig we really are um things are so tough for me with my job in december and all that stuff but anyway uh we're seriously going to try to get down to uh to this to to the show great so, to see you free times uh, cafe uh, yeah. december yeah. 8th december 8th yeah Fantastic. I'm just yeah, awesome. yeah. And again, check out our website because we're going to be popping up everywhere. Nice. So, Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tomorrow. Thank you so here. much for being for being here with us tonight. And uh, we're going to uh, spin a tune for uh, from the two of you. Um, awesome. Did you want to? Can you do me a favor and just uh, give a quick intro to this song that we're going to play? So this song is a true story. And uh, you know, I saw the Northern Lights a long time on my on our boat, and I uh, ended up having a dream with the lyrics. And I've been so, and that was thirty years ago. So I've been writing it for thirty years. I went back to write a bridge wow. twice, and I ended up with you know another chorus, and then a, I don't know, it just yeah, so it ended up with the instrumental bridge, and now I've got. Tika's vocals on it, and it's super amazing at this point. 
Um, and we had so much fun shooting the video in the sunshine. If you look on our different social media things, you can see teasers of the video. So awesome. Yeah. Bob Cajun is such a beautiful, oh, such That's a beautiful. such a wonderful, so a wonderful little bald lake. I so wish I was in a kayak now. Me too. Instead of looking out at the snowflakes <laughs> coming down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, I hate which winter's a stupid season. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's too long. Yeah. Shows yeah. you started. It's winter too long in Canada. That's no, all I have to say. Build a snowman. And plaid to have this, have this negativity. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. We're proud yeah. Canadians. No matter dress, how cold it gets, we love Canada. If you That's dress it. appropriately, you can go out and do all these things. Yes. Yeah. All right. I've had my eyelashes freeze at the mill pond <laughs> while watching the bare naked ladies. So, so there, Derek. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Nice. That's I don't awesome. have eyelashes. <laughs> the band, the band is hopeful. Phoenix, the tune is chasing the northern lights. Tika Tamar, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Our new besties right here on Revolution Radio Canada, Canadian as fuck. Enjoy this one, folks. Thanks so much to the two of you. We appreciate it. Jason. 
Thank you so much, Thanks. Hopeful Phoenix. Thank you. You guys Thanks are awesome. Out. Thanks so much. Yeah, we Thank greatly you. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us. It was oh, great. Any, anytime, my friends. Anytime. Hope your first podcast was good. It was awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Only her for a second. It's good. Yeah. <laughs>Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.